Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? Thanks for working the Go Long podcast into your life. As you can tell uh, by the description here, this is my conversation with Isaiah Hodgins. It was incredibly insightful, and uh, be sure to catch the full story at golongtd.com. Really got to know Isaiah through Isaiah himself, his father, his wide receivers coach at Oregon State, his quarterback at Oregon State, Jake Luton. Um, it really was uh, a lot of fun chatting with everybody who knows him best because I think we're seeing a star rising before our very eyes. I mean, this is somebody who is absolutely here to stay. It's pretty insane that the NFL missed on him, not just the Bills, but that he was a, a six-round pick. Um, and he could be the Giants' long-term number one at this rate. So I think you're really going to enjoy this uh, story at GoLongT.com and the conversation right here at the podcast. So thanks so much for listening, and be sure to subscribe to GoLongT.com for everything we have to offer through the playoffs. Thanks so much, everyone. I guess, first of all, like the theme of this is you're kind of like a revelation to all of us and people who don't know you, but the signs have been here all along from your childhood to high school, to college, to the Buffalo. Um, Does any of this shock you? Like, are you at all kind of awestruck at your own game and what you've done? Or is this what you've always done, what you've always expected? Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say that like my play has shocked me just because like I knew like the plays that I could make and like, you know, what I my strong shoes and that I was a good catcher and that I could run routes well for my size and excuse me. And I'm just, you know, stuff like that. But I would say like it kind of shocked me like how fast and quick like everything happened, you know, like just, you know, as I mentioned before, just like the fact that like I got released by the Bills and then like one month later I was in like a full time starting role like with the Giants like that was just like whoa that's fast and then it's like all right like you know win a couple games and you know have a couple you know touchdowns and cool plays and it's like I got close to my hundred yard game last time versus the Vikings and it's like dang like that was kind of like a surreal moment you know going against people like Patrick Peterson who I always watch and then it, you know playing him again. 
And then in the playoffs, my first playoff game, like that was just like a whole crazy moment just in itself. Like I was just like, holy crap. Like, you know, like I really just went for a hundred in my first ever playoff game and caught a touchdown. Like, so, you know, like I knew I could do this stuff, but like just how fast it happened and kind of how it happened is just kind of like caught me by surprise. <clears throat> I mean, playing Patrick Peterson, or you could just say torching Patrick Peterson, you're, I mean, he's, he could be a hall of famer and yeah. you just took him to the cleaners. That's uh, got to do wonders for your confidence this time of year, especially with the quarterbacks yeah. you have on the schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does, you know, like the amount of preparation that like went into, you know, corners like him and stuff like that is, uh, it was a lot. So um, it was good to see that, you know, it paid off and like it went well. And I just, you know, I try to do that every week though. And uh, like, especially this week, you know, going against more good corners and another great defense, like, so, you know, just, you know, trying to keep that like humble attitude and approach of just like, you know, like next opponent, like got to bring even more to center. With, um, like your personality when we first talked I was just the first time we talked and I'm sure everybody has the same takeaway like you just seem like you know, unbelievably kind nice gentle soul you know make making time for 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 go long here on a Thursday night right when you've got the biggest game of your life two days away uh, but I didn't really realize until I actually started watching you more closely I mean it, like you you do you got that digs in you right like you're not afraid to jaw in an ear hole of a Patrick Peterson or corners like You've got that that Kobe Mamba element to your game. Is that something you really pride yourself on? And and how would you kind of define that that nastiness, that edge? Yeah, I think it's just um, you know, as you said, like you know, Diggs kind of like helped me like you know just see that from him and like kind of like set a good example for me. And I just think it's something that like as a football player and especially as a wide receiver, like once you put that helmet on and like step on that field, like you know all that like nice guy and friends and like stuff like that has to go out the window and like you have to like really sit there and have the attitude of like all right like what's what's stopping me from my goal like the only thing that's really stopping me from a goal is like that one dude who's lining up right in front of you like so you have to have that mindset of like all right like I'm gonna go in here I'm gonna do whatever it takes whether I gotta push shove crawl route him up this and that like do anything to you know get him out my way and go you know, get some yards, get a touchdown and do whatever to help my team win. Like, and you just have to have that like nasty, like attack mentality of like, all right, like I'm going to make it a long day for this dude. Like I'm going to make him like, you know, not know what's coming next. Like, and, you know, I think that's the fun part for receiver too. Just, you know, when that does go your way, like seeing how frustrated the DB gets is just like, dang, like, like, so. Did you see it this past week? Could you see some frustration? I, I think, like, towards, like, you know, like, our first two drives, you know, we just marched down and went and just, like, scored on them. So I feel like they kind of got a glimpse of, like, how we were coming for that game. And then, like, as the game kept going on, like, I'm pretty sure we only punched the ball one time. And then, like, so, like, the whole game, and we had, like, the two-minute drive at, at the end of half that, you know, like, didn't go anywhere. But besides that, like, our offense was clicking the whole night. And you could just see, like, the demeanor and the defense, like, after the crowd would get loud and it's a third down and we get the first down, and they're just like, dang man like another one and you kind of hear them like talking and getting mad at each other and communicating and that's when you're like all right yeah like we got them like you know we got them on the ropes what do you say like what what are you saying to Patrick Peterson out there do you have any go-to like lines when you're trash talking are you doing research on these guys at all no like the funny thing is I really don't have any like go-to lines like a lot of the stuff that I say is just like in the moment you know like but um one thing that I will say that I did before the game that, you know, I kind of like told some of like the offensive players about was I, so I rarely check my 
uh, Instagram comments and stuff like that. Like, you know, unless it's like my teammates and stuff, because, you know, there gets a lot of them and I can't see all of them. But someone had wrote like a big paragraph on like one of mine. So it kind of stuck out. So I was like, okay, let me see. And I read it and they commented. And this was right after the Philly game. So, and we knew we were playing the Vikings. And then like last time he played you guys, did his little did his little weekly podcast, like, and um, talked about the game and your guys' game, you should go watch it. So I'm like, okay, like, let me see, like, this fan kind of just helped me out. Like, thank you. Like, so I went and watched, like, the podcast and he talked about us for, like, 20 minutes and he was talking. And, you know, like, part of it, like, made me mad because he was kind of trying to downplay some of the stuff because they won. So he was like, oh, you know, like, we, I was there on a lot of the routes and, you know, they got me on one big play. That's it. You know, kind of like, so it kind of like made me like, all right, like this dude clearly didn't get the message. Like, you know, like we're going to have to come back and really show him the second time. But he was just like talking about stuff that he saw and stuff that he like, you know, within our offense, how he rested. So, like we really went in like with the game plan of like, all right, like not only like we're going to like feed off stuff that he was saying, but like, like we're not going to be afraid of this dude again. Like, and let's go attack him. Like, and let's go really show like, Hey, like, you know, like we're here, like, and we heard everything you were saying. So, you know, we're going to make sure that you feel it this time. So, but my connection, like cut out right when you were talking about that comment that you saw on your Instagram and so what was it and who, whose podcast was it? It was, it was just a, it was just a comment of like a fan, like, and they had commented and it was like, Hey, like, um, Patrick Peterson was on his weekly podcast that he does and like his weekly show. And after his game, after your guys' game the first time, and talked a lot about you and like the whole offense in general. So it was like talked about like 20 minutes. So you should go check it out. So then I went to go check it out and <laughs> watch the, I was watching the whole thing on the bus, just trying to pick every little thing and detail I could get from him and what he saw, what I could fix, how I can like disguise stuff better. And then also like, you know, like I went in there and kind of used it as like motivation of like, all right, like, you know, he, you know, he kind of thinks it's just going to be the same thing over again. Like, you know, we got to go in there and win this time. <clears throat> I mean that's motivation right there. I mean you so you you listened to it. You were, were you actually taking notes? Or you I, really I, making sure I didn't. Right? I didn't listen. I like I like studied it. Like I watched it like multiple times. Like I brought it to the attention of like multiple people on our offense. Like I was like bringing wideouts over. Like man, come come look at what he was saying about this. Like this is this. And look at what he says and he, that he saw and this and this. Or we should switch this up and do this. Like I was I was like really watching that thing and like you know just trying to like use it to my advantage. You know like trying to trying to get that done real quick so when you're out there and you're lighting his ass up and you're having you know the game of your life mm-hmm. are you like referencing things he said in that podcast <laughs> out, out, there, out there on the field no what's funny is i i said that i was going to say that like uh to my teammates before the game like i said i was going to bring up the podcast and i never really like got a, i don't know why but like i never like i guess i could have had the opportunity but i was like celebrating with my teammates and doing like other stuff but like I, I didn't have like the opportunity to like really jog back and forth with him one on one. And I said I was going to bring up the podcast and like I never had the opportunity. Like I didn't even see him after the game. So like I couldn't like say nothing or do anything. So I was just like, dang, I was kind of bummed out by that. But, um, I, you know, obviously still great respect for the guy. You know, like he's a Hall of Famer, as you said, and like, you know, one of the best of what he does. But, you know, like we just, you know, had to had to make sure that like we stamp like that, you know, like we're not just a regular receiver group. It's kind of emblematic of. The bigger picture here, I mean, whether it's Patrick Peterson or basically any defensive player that you've faced the last few months, fans, giant fans even. But who knows, these giant fans that want, you know, DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, well, you got him on your roster. Um, everybody is kind of looking at you that way. It's easy to, to, 
dismiss Isaiah Hodges, right? Like, uh, who's this six round pick? Uh, you know, buried on the Bills depth chart, waiver wire claim. It's yeah. you probably you, do you take pride in, in in just proving all of these people wrong, like showing the world who you really are, like before everybody's eyes. Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, like it's easy to like dismiss just someone who's maybe not like a household name yet, but like. You know, I think what like some people have to understand is like some people have to, you know, like working, not that not saying that nobody works, but like work and grind into that household name. You know, like not everyone's drafted in the first round and just has that like tag on them right away as like a first round round receiver and all this like, you know, fame and notoriety and all this stuff. Like some people have to, you know, come from the bottom and kind of slowly grind and rise up to become a household name. And um so you know like it's it's understandable but you know like that's what I love about our wide receiver room it's like you got like Slayton his fifth round I'm sixth round Richie James is seventh round and it's like nobody's really like household names everyone had to wait their turn everyone was kind of like at one point in time like not playing or overlooked and you know this and that and then you know like we come in here and like I just feel like this is a consistent receiver group who might not wow you and have the craziest stats in the world or the craziest big names and market. But it's like, you know, when that ball comes like their way, like, you know, like just making consistent plays, you know, like, and I think like stuff like that wins football games. So. Well, do you guys have a nickname for yourselves? Like as a group, have you, have you given yourselves anything here? No, we, we haven't, but that's a good idea. I gotta, I gotta think of something. <laughs> it just reminds me of covering those early uh, Legion of Boom days <clears> with <throat> Seattle. So I was on the Packers beat and they played Seattle a bunch in the playoffs and whatnot. And, I mean, like Doug Baldwin, Jermaine Curse, uh, Tyler Lockett later on. But these were the same kind of receivers, undrafted, you know, grimy, gritty, no respect. And they just kept winning games. They just kept making plays. I mean, what are like the common personality traits you think all three of you guys have? Yeah. I mean, like uh, Dayball has like a saying like all the time that he always talks about on the team that like to be on the scene, like you have to be smart, tough, and dependable. Like, and he, and he always says that, you know, and then he goes and gives every position group, like their job. Like he's like, why not? like, get open and catch the ball. Like that's your job, you know? But like going back to like the smart, tough, and dependable, like, I just think like that, like what makes our team and like, especially like that wide receiver group, because like for many people who don't know, like Dayball's offense is hard. Like is it, is it extremely like hard? Like you, you can't just be like, a great like there's many great athletes who be in this offense and great players who like won't flourish and do good in the offense because like it's it's a hard system to learn like you know you can't just like be this like that's why it's like funny to hear like fans sometimes it's like oh we need this receiver we need this and it's like like a lot of them don't get like that they might not be comfortable in this offense because like you have to be able to think and like you always have to think on the fly but like this offense is like different like I've had you know when when Emmanuel Sanders came over to Buffalo when Diggs came over from you know, Minnesota, like Cole Beasy, like they were all like John Brown. They were like, they all were like hands down. They were like, this is the hardest playbook I've ever had, like in my whole NFL career. Like everyone would always say that, like whether it was a, a free agent or a high drafted guy or whatever, like everyone would always say that. So like, it's not just like an easy offense that you're just like, okay, let me go in and just like start balling right away. Like, no, like you got to be smart. Like that's why he puts it first. Like you have to have those like characters just to be able to think on the fly to create your own routes to kind of, make your own separation to kind of, you know, like just be like crafty in a way. And he gives you that freedom, which is like great. Like, you know, like if you're smart enough, he's going to give you freedom. To like, Hey, like, I'm not going to tell you how to run the route. I'm not going to tell you to, you know, do a certain way like this. Like do it how you got to do it, but just 
be where you need to be at the end of the day. Like, and so like, there's that like smart aspect. And then, you know, just like the tough and dependable, you know, like be able to fight through stuff, like make contested catches, like be there for the quarterback, like, you know, like be a good, reliable, like source and outlet. And just, you know, I think like those traits just like make up our receiver. Yeah. I was going to say, what, what makes it really hard to play? And is it really just the, the <laughs> options you have on any given route that like, you have two, three, four different things you can do on any given play called? I mean, there's just like, yeah, like there's like certain plays. It's just like, you know, my son's going crazy upstairs. Um, you know, there's just like, oh, that's right. yeah, there's a, yeah, there's it's just funny because like certain... here, there's what I got. Not not to brag, but I got these two monitors and they're both. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sorry, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. Um, but yeah, like I just think like you know, it's an offense that definitely has like just a lot of different like options and ways that you can do things and like just no like one way of doing things and there's like so many different ways and concepts of getting to like the same thing but there's so many different ways of getting there and like different plays that you alert to versus certain coverage and you got to see the coverage and if you get a certain coverage like you have to automatically know that your route changes and like there's just like so much that goes into it like you know like maybe to like just the naked eye just looks like oh he just like did this but like (laughs) all before that go or dig or ink or whatever like there's like 50 things flying through that receiver's head of just like ah like you know like and just being decisive and making a decision like that's what blows me away I mean getting to know you through through your dad through Kefense uh I'm actually talking to your old college quarterback here tonight too uh Jake Lutton Luton I never really yeah Jake Luton Luton. that's right um but all of the everybody seems to bring up a different part of your game like your 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 coach in college, it's the lateral quickness for your size. Like you move like a Cole Beasley when you're six four. Not a lot of, not a lot of guys can do that. Um, he even he brought up the play in college where like you you went deep, you made a big play downfield, and then he called like a sluggo the next play, and you're tired, you wanted to come yeah. out. And he's like, oh, yeah. you gotta stay in there. And then you yeah. made that play too. I don't know if you remember yeah. that, but yeah. Like every, I do. And then obviously your dad with the fullback toughness. Everybody brings up something different. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I definitely remember that. That was um, versus Oklahoma State. It was, like, the first game of the year, and I had made, like, some some deep catch or something where I was, like, tired, and I was, like, dang, like, I need a break. And they were, like, no. So I was, like, all right, like, I'll suck it up. And literally the next play, they, uh, they called a sluggo, and it was really, like, my, my best route. I was, like, I was, like, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you back now. Sorry, it's cutting in and out here and there. I was saying, um, yeah, so that I, I caught that deep ball versus Oklahoma State, and then we called the sluggo the next play, and it was really, like, my best route of the year. Like, I don't know, like, how, but, you know, like, I, I just – looking back on it, like, I'm like, dang, like, that was a crispy, crazy route. Like, but you could see how tired I was because at that – when I was – after I got tackled out of bounds, like, I was just laying there, like, just like, oh, man, like, I, I need a break. But, um, yeah, man, like you said, like, whether it's, like, that and, like, the, the shiftiness or just, like, you know, like – you mentioned my dad and stuff, just like the toughness. Like, I just think like every receiver has their like different like aspect and like component. And like, you just have to like know what that is and really like make your strength, like make it great. You know, like some people don't run the best routes, but have great hands. And like, you know, like you, so you, if, you, if that's you, you better make sure you catch everything. Like some people, you know, like their hands are all right, you know, but they're hella fast and run great routes. Like, so then it's like, you know, so you got to make sure that you're getting an open. Like, so, you know, it's just like, I think just like owning that best part of your game, but then also like trying to elevate like that weaker part, you know? I mean, you, you just became this diligent, indomitable worker at a young age, right? It's a, I mean, you, maybe you're not, you don't have the four, three wheels, but 
forces you to kind of make everything else that much better. And you're that much of a cut above every, above your peers at receiver. Um, yeah. Your dad though, he mentioned all these conversations that you had like growing up, whether it's, you know, driving back from school or the, right before bed, you know, profound conversations about life and football and any specific ones to you stand out to this day that is something that you still kind of use to direct your own life and guide, guide your life. Man. Uh, my, my dad was tough on me, man. Like he, he was definitely like, you know, like hard on me, but like it, it made me thankful just because like, I think he saw like the potential in me and um, like, he just knew, like he used to always tell me, like, he was like, man, like you're blessed. Like you have no idea. Like all you have to do is work hard. Like he used to tell me this from like, high school, like early high school, he'd be like, all you have to do is work hard and you'll go to the NFL. And he's like, trust me, I played nine years in the NFL. Like I know NFL talent when I see it, like, you know, not everyone's blessed to be six, four and to, you know, move good and have good hands. And this and this. like, he's like, all you have to do is like work hard and stay focused. Like that's not the case for all people. Cause some people could work really hard and like still not make it, you know, like, it's just like, it's, it's kind of tough. Like, and it's like a harsh reality, but he's just always tell me that like, man, he used to come in my room, like, 11 12 at night like on a school night or stuff like that just randomly talking about football or watching highlights or no like if you know if we just finished the game he'd be like look at this or this is what we're gonna do for this next game or you need to start doing this like and just show me highlights um i would say like the one time like that like really like struck me like is when like he was actually really mad at me and like chewed me out for like something like i was I was like a freshman in high school and I was doing something bad at practice. Like, I don't know. I think I was just like, I don't know, probably just being a regular teenage kid, like acting, acting up, having an attitude, thinking you're all, you know, all this and all that. And like, he like gave me like a hard reality check. It was just like, you know, like you're, you're not on the path right now of being like, you know, that big recruit that you want to get all these scholarship offers and go into the NFL and this and this. And like, you you need to fix that. Like, you know, it was like, you know, instead of like a little like harsher words than that, but like, you know, it was just like straight up, like, yo, like if you want to get where you want to go, like you need to fix this and you need to do it now. Like you, you think you're going to the NFL the way that you practice now, the way your habits, your hard work, your, your eating, your sleep, your rehab, whatever this and that, like, no, like you're not on that track. Like, and it kind of, and I, and I was really mad at him in the moment. I was like, man, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, yes, I am like this and this. And then like, when I calmed down and really sit there and think about it, I'm like, dang, like I'm not like, you know, like I, I needed that talk and I needed that like quick check real quick. And I think like moments like that, just like, you know, this to keep you humble and then like keep you going and keep you working hard. It's just like, it keeps you just like pushing and striving for that next step. I love it. So he, he's just watching your practice, like from yeah. Well, far, he was my co- he was my coach. So like he like oh, that's right. He's your coach too. Yeah, yeah. So he would just he would, like you know I never got like that. Oh, he's in the coach's son treatment. Like I like I was the one who we would like he like there was one time he kicked me out of practice one time. Like, like really was, for what? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I would like. I think I just like kept messing up on something and was like, doing it the wrong way. And he thought I wasn't like, he said I was being lazy and like straight up just like kicked me out. I was like, go home. Like, I'm like, I'm not dealing with you right now. Like, yeah, like he, yeah, I was like the one he was definitely hard on, like the, the worst. But it's because I think he just like saw so much in me and like just like wanted me to reach like yeah. my full potential, you know? Like, so. <clears throat> I know. And I, I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to keep you all night. Um, just before I forget no. too, when you-, you were really young, your first year, he said you were the worst player on the team. And then the next year you were the best. Like, how, how did it yeah. go from that to that? And you, it, it, I'm asking to think way back to when you're like seven years old. So may, yeah. maybe the memories are a little hazy. Um, no, I, I remember that, that seemed like a turning point too early on. 
Yeah, my my first game as a seven year old man, like I remember, like I was I was terrible, and I and I did not want to play. Like I loved football, and I loved like watching my dad play football, and then like there was something about like just like there, like I was just like scared, and I was nervous, and it was just new, and like. I didn't really know anybody, and I was just like, man, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to play football. Like, I, I I, didn't hate it, but I was just, like, not good. And then, like, I think just somewhere in that meantime, like, my my love for football just grew even more, like, and I was just like, you know, like, let me, let me, you know, like, really do this and ended up just, like, yeah. being a kid, just having fun running around. You mentioned there's, like, a, a, a another kid on the team who was really, really good that you were, like, striving to be better than, too. Um um, Hamilton, I, there was, maybe? let's see, maybe, I don't, um, maybe you said the full name. I might, I might remember there was, we had a couple good kids. Yeah, I, def, I definitely have it here. Cause I reached out to him as well. Uh, oh yeah. Harrison B Miller. Yeah. 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 He was real good as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that. Like he, I, he ended up playing college ball and too, stuff like that. He was he was a good athlete, man. Like, but as a like, you know, there's always those people like as a kid, you're like, dang, like, are you in the right age group? Like, he was like that kid, like he was nice. So I definitely tried to like, you know, compete and be like, you know, I gotta I gotta show out. And the, and so the receiver who's giving it to Patrick Peterson, right? This note that this anonymous dude, nobody really knows that's giving it to a potential Hall of Famer. Were, were you doing this stuff way back then too? Were you John and did you have that edge? Your dad mentioned how much he loved Kobe. You know, you got a little yeah. mamba to you too. Yeah. I was always like a little like crap talker and like, you know, getting like, that's like all the times I ever got in trouble at school is like, because I was either like, you know, like talking or like, you know, a fight started because I was talking or something like that. And like, it's funny. Like I, I'm sure like, I might be able to send you the clip after you could probably find it on YouTube. Like someone, when I was like eight or nine made me like a little, like um, I played pop Warner's or the pop Warner football at the time in uh, Arizona. And we were called like the Chandler Sabercats. And they made me like a little like highlight tape. And like in one of the highlight tapes, like you could see me like run for like a 40 yard touchdown. And I like dive in the end zone to like celebrate, like, and uh, I wore like 25 because of like Reggie Bush. So like, you know, like I used to always like, you know, like trying to like copy him. And I think I remember seeing him like diving in on something and the ref like do a flag on me. And like my parents are all mad. They're like, bro, you're like nine getting penalties. For- <laughs> At nine years <laughs> old doing that. Yeah, nine years old getting unsportsmanlike contact for, for diving in the end zone and stuff. Like, So, you know, I just always like had that kind of little like fun, just like kind of like, you know, yeah. talking aside to me. And waving to the home crowd. <laughs> got it. You got a taunting penalty doing that. Oh, yeah. That one was bad. Yeah. My dad, like, that was like, like yeah we went to I went to a private Christian high school too so like you gotta like you know like we had a lot of like you know like just like parents who probably weren't used to the way that he chewed me out like chewing me out on the sideline like I, I did that they counted the touchdown still which was thankfully they did that but yeah, yeah. they did that and he, I came back to the sideline and he he was just giving it to me on the bench like just like letting me like just uh yeah like every Every yelling word you could think of, he was just getting. I was like, "Swear, right, would, he, would he would he throw some curse words out out, out there?" Oh too? yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And like when he really <laughs> ripped you there in high school, that heart to heart was that in front of the whole team or like back at home? Um, no, like when he when he ripped me like heart to heart, I think we were just like in the car together. So like I think okay. it was just like me and him. So like it was just like on the way back home from practice, and like you know that's when I just like kind of like sat there and just kind of like you know like realized like I need to change the path that I'm going, and you know like. <laughs> They, they helped out so 
Uh, those drive homes with my dad. I can remember much more, smaller level. We're talking class D in the sticks yeah. in Western New York, but you know, I, the, the, you learn more in that drive home than you did from anything your coach said. I mean, yeah. your dad was your coach, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those were facts. Now, those are the moments. Well, you, Isaiah, thanks so much for for hanging. Um, how's how's your son doing up there? Is he he's banging around in the crib? Is he doing okay? Oh uh, no, yeah, he he's doing all right. You. Uh, yeah, you're, you're good. I mean, you got a couple more minutes if you have any more questions or if not. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess I'm just wondering, like, you, you seem, uh, like, pretty relaxed. Like, are you nervous at all for, for the biggest uh, game of your life? Like, where, where are you at mentally going into a hostile environment, right? I mean, they, uh, they cheered when Michael Irvin was, you know, injured and threw snowballs at Santa Claus. And it's uh, not exactly for the faint of heart in Philly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say nervous. Um, I think, like, everyone, like, you know, pregame gets, like, you know, those, like, butterflies and, like, that, like, nervous energy, you know. But I think, um, you know, like, you don't really get, in the essence, like, nervous or, like, frightened from that stage if you know you've prepared for the moment, you know. And I think, you know, that's what I've been trying to do all week and especially, you know, last week and especially this week of just, like, getting into the facility extra early, leaving extra late of just, like, you know, like, I'm going a, I'm to a do everything that I can. So, like, at least, like, no matter what happens in the game, I know, like, I prepared. I left it out on the, all on the field. Like, you know, I did everything I could. So, you know, like, I went into it with a good mindset and, you know, just, like, ready to go compete and, you know, go go finish this. And I think it's going to be a good one. I don't think anybody realizes how much work you're really doing with, with Daniel Jones mm-hmm. behind the scenes. I mean, it looks like you guys have played together for, for, for years. Um, that yeah. doesn't just kind of – happen out of thin air you don't make, wave a magic wand and get that kind of chemistry what are you guys really doing together behind the scenes to get to that point yeah I think just uh just a lot as you said just a lot of like hard work and communication and I just think like the more communication for a wide island quarterback the better like there can never not be enough communication like I, if anything I'm probably annoying to him sometimes and he's probably annoying to me because like we're just always like hey, like on this, like I need you to do this. Or what do you see? Or how do you want me to run the route? And if it's this coverage, like, yeah, like I saw on film that they did this. Like it's just always like communication reps between practice, reps after practice, film after meetings, like, you know, just like all that extra stuff just like adds up day by day, week by week. And it's like staying consistent in it to where like you get to the point now where you're like, all right, like, you, you know, he's just like, you, you think you, you know exactly what he's looking for. I'm in the exact right spot, throw me the ball, easy cash. Like, you know, let's, let's keep stacking. So you, you've got a, uh, you've seen a few things on film then there, there, there's something cooking here for this game that you can still kind yeah. of unveil the people. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, we, we try to have something cooking every week. So, you know, I mean, this is playoff games, so, you know, we got to bring everything we got for this game. Awesome. I, I guess the last one I have too, is your dad mentioned how, like when he was in training camp, there were guys on his team who just like up and quit in the middle of the night, just left. Like the NFL can break people, right? Like this, this world is just different. Um, league, the teams, they kind of treat everybody like a, like a piece of meat. You know, they just, they churn through players, churn through employees year to year to year to year. You, you were kind of in that position. You were on the fringes. You were somebody that easily could have broken and, I mean, maybe not outright quit, but start thinking about a new profession, right? Maybe you even did that a little bit. Um, were you ever close to just getting to that point of frustration with how things were going in Buffalo? And, and if so, how did you kind of combat it, fight it to to stay stay in the league and get to this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say I for sure hit a stage of frustration where 
like not where I was questioning if I wanted to play anymore. I definitely knew that I wanted to keep playing, but just the stage of frustration of just like, man, like I know I could play and like, I know I'm putting in the work. Like when am I going to have an opportunity to show it? And like, when am I going to have an opportunity to go like prove that like to myself, to people, to just everything. But, you know, I think it was just <clears throat> like, you know, I've talked to you about it before, but I think, you know, just what really kept me in it is just like my relationship with God and just like, you know, like staying humble in the process and just knowing that like, you know, like he had his favor upon me and that, you know, like eventually like, you know, like he didn't have me here for a reason. Like he was trying to teach me something and, and you know, teach me patience and teach me, you know, to let him have control and to persevere through trials and hard times. You know, all these lessons that I look back now on the past two years that like I'm going to be able to tell my son one day whenever he goes through a hard time, I'm like, hey, listen, like I went through a hard time too. Like, you know, my lifelong dream of playing NFL, like, you know, wasn't working out and I got cut multiple times. Like could have came to an end, but like had to keep fighting and keep pushing. Like, I think just like leaning back on that, like my family, my wife, just um, my support system. And then ultimately just leaning back on just like my mindset of like, I know I can be here. I know I deserve to be here. Like, I know I can play, just keep working hard and like, keep improving your game and like eventually like your moment's going to come and when it comes like you know people always say that and it felt like hey when you get the opportunity like don't blow it and it's like kind of sounds like crazy because it's like oh like that's a lot of pressure but it's just like reality like sometimes you might only get like one or two opportunities and if you blow it like then you might not ever be thought of again but if you su- succeed with it then they're like all right like let's give them another opportunity and another, and you keep taking and taking, and it's like that's how you run away with stuff. I mean, it could have very easily been like something like that, you know. Then it's then it's like you know, like if you have like three drops in your first game, it's like all right, maybe you get no opportunities. But even then, for people with who that does happen to, like you just keep working and keep working until you get the next opportunity. Like it's just a a nonstop. I think more of a mental thing than it is like physical. So. It's like. Like the great Marshall Mathers said, right? One opportunity, one shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one yeah. moment. That's it. You got to take advantage, and you are. Like, exactly. Yes, well, hey, Isaiah, I, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for sharing your story yeah. with us yeah. and the world. And I, I think you've got you've got a lot of people pulling for you, you know, and out there, Western New York, all around the country. I think a lot of people can relate to Isaiah Hodges, right? Like you were buried on a depth chart. People are, are learning your story, where you're from, and um e- easy dude to root for that's for sure yeah yeah appreciate that man thank you man uh, it means a lot